This episode brought to you by Cafe Imports, Minneapolis-based importers of fine specialty green coffees, independently owned and operated since 1993. Cafe Imports has been dedicated to decreasing its impact on the earth through renewable energy, carbon neutrality, and by supporting conservational efforts in places where quality coffee is grown and also where quality coffee is consumed. Where does your coffee come from? And sponsored by Uber Creative Agency, a boutique web design development and marketing agency based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with clients across the U.S. We don't just provide services, we deliver value. Welcome to the Lake Superior Podcast. I'm Walt Lindela. And I'm Frida Wara. We are made stronger by story, and there's no better source than the continent's largest body of fresh water, Lake Superior. So join us as we highlight the five national parks that ring this greatest of the Great Lakes, meet the people, tour the places, and learn about the projects that make these parks and body of water so remarkable. This podcast made possible with the support of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and Media Brew Communications. I'm Walt Lindela. I'm Frida Laura. Welcome once again to the Lake Superior Podcast. Frida, today I'm really looking forward to this conversation because we're talking about something I've never done. I know you have a lot of great experience with this. We're talking about kayaking out on the big lake on Lake Superior. Tell me a little bit about what we're going to be, what we're really going to be getting into here today. Well, you know, I just had a chance to preview freshwater and that talks a lot about surfing on Lake Superior and that goes on pretty much all year long. Uh, Maybe not when the ice shelf is out there, but as soon as the ice is out and the winds are kicking up. But kayaking, you know, a lot of that, you want to just wait until that water warms up, if it ever warms well, up yeah, a little if bit. if it ever right? does, yeah. And there are such spectacular shoreline for us to visit by paddling. It's, it's really something. And I want to go to the guy who I've had a chance to paddle with him, but also knowing He's got decades, not just years. Let's go decades of experience. And that's Carl Hansen. Yep. Carl Hansen is our guest today on the podcast. He is the owner of Northern Waters Adventure Kayaking in Munising. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Happy to have you on with us today. Uh, let's just get into a basic sort of question. Tell us about how you started kayaking, how you got involved, maybe who introduced you into this. Absolutely. I was very fortunate that the outdoor club at my university had whitewater kayaking. I'd never been in a whitewater kayak before. I've seen it on TV. I've seen uh, sea kayaks before. I was a canoer, and I was in a pool in this whitewater kayak, and I started spinning around and turning this boat and learning how to use it, and I was... um, in love with this boat because um, previously I had been in a canoe in rivers before and fishing and stuff, and uh, this whitewater kayak was pretty incredible. I consider like a raft to go rafting on a whitewater river. Like, you're on a bus. That's fun. But um, a um, canoe is like being in a station wagon. Sure. Sure. And the kayak is like a sports car. You go <laughs> up river, down river, sideways, upside down, come back up. You're half kayak, you're half submarine. It's just incredible. So oh. I was pretty hooked. <laughs> That's a great analogy. I love it. But, but Carl, you didn't just stick around close to your university. You took this sport lots of places. 
I was very fortunate. The folks that taught me worked at uh, a premier kayak place in North Carolina called Nanahale Outdoor Center or NLC, and they were the experts, and they taught me, and I got good enough to uh, run the rivers in Wisconsin and upper Michigan here first, um, and then moved down to the Carolinas on spring break. We're down there in Tennessee, Georgia, Carolinas, doing whitewater down there, Arkansas. So, Paddled out in Colorado and the rivers there, even up in Alaska. So you've so been, kayak yeah, you've been to a lot of places. Yeah, I was going to say this has gotten you to a lot of different places that you're out there. I guess it sounds to me, and again, I'm sort of the novice here that I've never really done this. Um, I've seen it, and you know, but what was it that maybe you found sort of really exciting about it, and maybe what like universals were there? What was like the similarities of all these places you were going to go do this? Uh, the big white water and the rapids and the waterfalls and just the adrenaline rush of going down these rivers and knowing, of course, is dangerous, but very exciting coming over these drops and fighting through these waves and, and being able to do it and, and learning how to do an Eskimo roll so you can survive on these rivers mm-hmm. and then the chance of taking people down these rivers. But uh, just incredible place to be in a boat. Most of them are very isolated areas, not the public uh, is there. And so um, it's just absolutely beautiful. Besides just paddling, the adrenaline of the scenery is just incredible. There is a power to water. Just <laughs> and, and, and Carl's giving that a sense right now. But how in the world did the magnet for Lake Superior and sea kayaking kind of come out of that adrenaline rush for whitewater? Absolutely, yeah. So I um, had not been in the sea kayak before. Um, 1987, and so um, I saw one on a river. We were in Boy Scouts. I was doing our 50-mile canoe trip, like day four or five, and this double-bladed, slender sea kayak came down the river, and I saw that, and I go, wow, that's pretty interesting. And then I found out he left the day before and did all this mileage and saw this stuff in a very quiet, comfortable way on the river and mm-hmm. so I said I wanted to do that. And so um I got into it, found someone who was doing the kayaking. I worked for them, learned from them and they were my mentor into the sea kayak business. So the name Wayne Overberg down in Eagle River, Wisconsin. And uh, he was the guy that got me interested in this and went on trips with him, learned about it, got good enough to guide trips. And the rest is history. So when we talk about you've got whitewater rafting and then sea kayaking, and we're talking about that in the context of Lake Superior, what's the difference there? Explain it to me a little bit. Yeah, well, um, sea kayaking on Lake Superior can be an adrenaline rush when you're surfing the big waves or out in some very tough mm-hmm. waters. Um, but sea kayaking, to me, is a way to discover the lake in a very peaceful, quiet, silent arena. And uh, that's my lure, to get out there to see some incredible things. And if you don't have a big motorboat or a sailboat, it's hard to get out these places. You know, vehicle, you can have a big trailer to move stuff around. And the sea kayak is so sleek and quiet that that was my adrenaline rush, to get out there to see these places that I really can only see from the water. So the whole sea kayaking is uh, pretty incredible um, when you're at that front seat of adventure right in front of you. I like that. Carl, do you remember the first time you saw Lake Superior? Or maybe, do you remember the day you fell in love with that lake? Yeah, I think it was the Apostle Islands was my first 
trip over to Sand Island, from Little Sand Bay and York Island and Raspberry, and I was just amazed um, to be out there in these in this water and the scenery is just incredible. I was just taken back by it, and I knew this was something that I was going to be a part of my life. <laughs> and uh, I'm also the kind of guy who, when you get out and see this stuff, uh, I want to share it with people. I, I, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm being stingy if I'm out there by myself mm. because I should be sharing it with somebody, and that's what a true guide is. And so I knew my, my future was going to be that. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned that because you've been guiding now on Lake Superior, but for how long and where are some of those areas that you've gone? Yeah, well, um, I'm the original kayak outfitter here at Pitched Rocks National Lakeshore and started that in 91 and proved that it could be done safely for 31 years. And so every year is a new game uh, to be safe out there. But I've actually been sea kayaking since basically 87 running trips since 88. So I've got a lot of experience on Pitcher Rocks, Grand Island, doing trips, the Apostle Islands, uh, Isle Royale, mm-hmm. uh, even on the Minnesota shore from Two Rivers to Two Rivers, Two Rivers to Knife River, and all kinds of stuff up there. Um, it sounds to me like you've done a lot of places, taken a lot of people on several experiences. We're talking with Carl Hansen today on the Lake Superior podcast. He's the owner of Northern Waters Adventure Kayaking in Munising, talking about sea kayaking out on on the big lake. And I guess it leads into a question, Carl, is like in terms of these parks that you've mentioned with the national parks in particular, is there is there one that is a favorite or do you kind of like them all? Tell me about that. Good question, Wad. Um <laughs> I don't really have a favorite. They're all favorite when I'm there. They're absolutely uh, incredible. Yes. And we think about what we have here in Michigan, Pitched Rocks, Apostle Islands, or in Wisconsin, but the Isle Royale, just incredible. If you were going to build a place to go kayaking, you would build each of those. They're just incredible in their own way and different. Mm-hmm. So how are they different? Then let's talk about that. I mean, there's kind of, we mentioned Isle Royale, Apostle, Pictured Rocks. When you go to paddle these, what is it that's different? Exactly. Pictured Rocks is uh, 42 miles of shoreline, and an interesting spot is the 20 miles of sheer cliffs right out of the water, mm-hmm. 150 to 200 feet high. And there isn't anything like that on Lake Superior. It's pretty incredible. The colors that you see at Pictured Rocks, the uh, so the minerals on the rocks are just unbelievable. And, of course, you have arches to paddle through and caves that tuck in and waterfalls. The scenery just knock your socks off. In the Apostle Islands, the, the lure there to me is it's an island hop kind of trip. Each island's a little different. Some of them have lighthouses you can go up and visit. Most of them have beautiful sand beaches to camp on or be nearby. Um, the caves in the Apostle Islands are premier on the mainland and on the island. So it's mostly a beautiful cave you can kayak actually into and around and from one cave to another in the Apostle Islands. And then Isle Royale, um, it's very much wilderness. You don't see a lot of people out there. You really need to know what you're doing. And the camping's a lot more rustic, but the scenery's just like it was 200 years ago. It's just incredible. Chance of seeing a moose, you know, hear some wolves. Um, discover little places that you think no one else even saw. It's pretty cool. (laughs) 
Well, we're talking with Carl Hansen here today, owner of the Northern Waters Adventure Kayaking. It's in Munising along Lake Superior. And, you know, Carl, it's it's what I'm hearing right now from what you're talking about. And as I said earlier here in the podcast that I am a novice. I have no experience. I, I no experience. I mean, I was in a kayak when I was a kid on Portage Lake in 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 the Keweenaw Peninsula where I grew up. That's about all I've ever really done with this. I know kayaking is very popular. It's a it's an activity that a lot of people are doing. But when somebody says, "Okay, I, I want to do this," Is there a way or how you prepare people for it? I mean, this looks really enticing. You see some great photos, some great videos. But what do you talk to folks about, and how do you prepare them to go out on the Lake Superior? Yes, uh, we have a lot of novice uh, folks, uh, first-time kayakers with us. And so we do guided trips, and that's what I suggest, to go on a guided trip with a good outfitter and learn about it through them, find out what equipment it is, see if you want to prepare go farther with it. Um, if you do want to go further with it, there is places you can get instruction on that. Starting on an inland lake and a slow-moving river, um, it's a lot more safer. Get yourself a recreational kayak if you want. If you don't have one, you can rent one and see how it goes. But for the big lake, you want to have a real sea kayak, which is trickier to paddle, but it can handle the wind and waves you might run into out there. So there is instruction around the area. Uh, the American Canoe Association has a lot of instructors around that can help you do that. You can check that out. And I did rent kayaks for people who didn't want to go on a guided trip for years. Uh, I stopped doing that. However, um, I would require them to take a three- to four-hour safety rescue class yeah. where they're in the water, swimming, doing rescues, rescuing other people, learning about how to pack the boat how to steer the boat, how to stop the boat, where to camp, what, how, to, how to get the weather. Very intense three, four hours that is what I needed to let them know before I was comfortable letting them go on the big lake. So it's very serious. It is so serious. I, Carl, we can't even underline that or capitalize it enough. This is bold print that we aren't talking about an inland lake. Michigan is filled with water beautiful bodies of water to kayak, but Lake Superior is, well, I have a sticker on my kayak that says Lake Superior is the boss. Uh, (laughs) She is the boss. And I guess it starts in the beginning with just what people wear. Carl, you and I have seen people in a hooded cotton sweatshirt and blue jeans Mm. and maybe not even having a life jacket on. Yeah. There are days that people can get away with that, but when they can't, they are really in trouble. And so, mm-hmm. number one, if you're on an inland lake or some moving river, you know, spray skirt around your boat isn't that big of a deal. It's a nice piece of nylon or neoprene that co- covers the opening you sit in, plus around your waist, so no water's going to get in your boat. You don't really have to have that on an inland lake, and you definitely want to have your life jacket. But when you get on the big lake, you want to be prepared for, number one, the temperature of the water that you may not plan on being in, but guess what? You know, you might be in for a while. And so a wetsuit or a dry suit's a good idea. Definitely a spray skirt, your life jacket. Uh, and then the list goes on from there. But um, or maybe a spare paddle in case you lose or break yours. Um, uh, knowing how to do your rescues um, and paddling conditions is a big deal. But as far as the equipment goes, you know, a paddle float is a, 
the thing you use for a rescue, if you know how to do the rescue, bilge pump to get the water out of your boat so you can keep paddling, uh, you're going to tow belt to help other kayakers around or even someone to help you if you need to get towed. You have your own tow rope with you. The list goes on and on. A spray jacket to keep you dry, um, all kinds of gear. You know, I, I'm hearing that, obviously, you have the att- attraction to this from the the silent sports side of it and being able to interact with the natural beauty of the areas. And then even with the whitewater, there was the thrill of that. But I'm sure you get these people that say, I'm an experienced kayaker. I've done this. What do you tell someone that helps them understand that Lake Superior is an entirely different body of water? Exactly. The word experience uh, <laughs> can mean a lot of things. <laughs> and so, if they, for example, when they wanted to rent a boat from me and go out on a lake, the first question I'd have to them is, what kind of a rescue do you do? Mm. Yeah. Well, if they say, well, I've never had to do a rescue, well, guess what? Mm. No. Uh, what kind of rescue do you do? Can you do it right now? Can you rescue someone else right now? That sort of a thing. And, and ex- other questions of like, how do you paddle in, in strong winds that are coming from your side? You know, how do you land in dumping surf that you weren't planning on being out into? The questions go on and on. So I've been doing this long enough that I can quiz somebody really well and know exactly where their skill level is. And it's usually not good enough right. for me to think right. they should go on there without a guide. So I guess I ask, you know, in terms of is there – it's hard to put something as big as Lake Superior and its power into a couple of words, but is there like sort of a crystallization of the importance of getting them to understand what they're really getting into? Number one, I would say to them, we'd hate for your first day of kayaking Lake Superior to be your last day on the earth. Yeah, that's well said. And that puts it in perspective how dangerous it really can be. And that does happen. Unfortunately, on Lake Superior, people do die, do die sea kayaking. And so a lot of the folks don't really understand Lake Superior. So I say, you know, these waves can pop up within like 10 minutes from one foot to three feet. And what are you going to do? And if you're at Pitcher Rocks and you got 200-foot cliffs and no place to land for miles, what are you going to do? And if you do tip over, who's going to help you? And you need to know these rescues, like right now, not get your book out and read it on the water. You need to know these things. And some people listen to me, some people won't, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, um, in the Apostle Islands especially, I stopped counting after the number of 10 people dying kayaking Mm -hmm. at at the Apostle Islands because it's it's a dangerous place to paddle. A lot of novices have been there, too. And we went for many, many years at Pitcher Rocks here with nobody dying as a, a not a customer now, but as um, someone coming in from the outside and palling. It was last summer. Mm-hmm. Two people lost their life because they, they're in conditions they shouldn't be in. And that is something that really underscores when you go with a kayak guiding service, mm-hmm. you guys pay attention. When there are small craft advisories, you're not going on the water. And some people don't pay attention to that. But boy, the kayaking businesses around the lake have been very astute. And of course, they have a, a, a you know, a, a reputation to uphold to, 
you know, make sure that everyone comes home safely. Now, one of the things here with this conversation is, is we want our listeners to understand that when we talk about this, we're talking to try to communicate the seriousness of the big lake, that this is not something that you just go out on. But if you have then the opportunity or the experience or the knowledge to go out and do it, it is a very enjoyable thing to go and do. And that's why we're talking with Carl Hansen today. He's got decades of experience in this. He's the owner of Northern Waters Adventure Kayaking and Munising. And let's shift gears a little bit about that in terms of uh, Carl in terms of getting out on the water you've explained it a little bit that it's just it's a it's um it's 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 an experience and Frida's talked about that too here on the podcast and do you feel that that's what attracts people to it is that what is bringing them to you and to try to learn how to do this I think that people see the beautiful Lake Superior online and beautiful pictures and and stuff and they want to come see that for themselves mm-hmm. I think that's why they're here Sure. So, all right. How do you teach them or teach them a little bit about things like with, we talk about gear, we talk about technique. The other thing is you mentioned those waves and the weather that can pop up. How do you talk to them about the weather? What sort of maybe some things to do if they do encounter some of it? Exactly. Well, if you're going to not go with an outfitter, you eventually want to get out there on your own and give it a try. Your first thing you want to do is check the marine forecast for exactly where you're planning on going and find out what it's going to be. And if you're not sure what that means as a forecast, talk to some local people, talk to the outfitters, talk to fishermen or something. You might know somebody in the area. But you basically want to have the forecast to be like zero to one foot waves. Um, um, that would be ideal. And the winds, you know, less than 10 knots for going out there your first time. Um, the, the equipment you have is very important, but even more important than that is to know how to use it. Uh, definitely a sea kayak, which is typically, in my definition, something that would be 15 to 18 feet long. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pretty narrow, somewhere like 22 to 25 inches wide. Different than your shorter recreational kayak, that could be 8 to 12 feet and uh, 20 eight to 30 inches wide, um, the sea kayaks are going to handle the wind and the waves you might get into and make it very easy to paddle distance than a shorter, um, wider boat. And most important about a sea kayak is it's also going to have those airtight hatches. Yeah, so these hatches that Free had mentioned is a wall that's between your feet and the front of the boat and behind your seat to the, separate the back of the boat. They have a hatch, and, and so that acts as like an air chamber, and everything's working right. Mm-hmm. And you could flip over your boat. It could be flipped over for a long time, and it's not going to sink. It's, mm-hmm. Even if you have all your camping gear in there, it's going to stay on the water line, and you can actually rescue your boat. If you don't have that, the boat's just going to fill with water, making it unrescuable, mm-hmm. and you're really in trouble. If you only have um, a bulkhead or an airbag in the back of the boat, well, the front of the boat's going to up and you're going to have a giant fishing pencil bobber in the lake with unrescuable possibilities yeah Yeah. carl hansen is on the uh, podcast with us today owner of the northern waters adventure kayaking in munising uh we talked a lot about getting out there we talked a lot about uh you know some of the techniques some of the gear and everything like that how about landing that thing and camping let's talk about that etiquettes protocols things that people should be aware of yeah, to land your kayak in the beach, if it's calm water, it's, it's pretty easy. You paddle as fast as hard as you can um, toward the shore, and just when you get close, you lean back, take the weight off the front of the boat, paddle mm-hmm. hard as you can to get up on the beach as much as you can, so you don't have to get your feet wet if possible. You can shovel, you scoot your boat up, 
with your butt and use your paddle to uh, scoot it up on shore, um, pull it up away from the water so waves won't take it later on, and uh, unpack your boat, get ready for camp. And Carl, when you, I don't know, you might not agree, but for me, (laughs) once you start kayak camping, you're never going to backpack again, because why would you ever carry that load if you could float it? Exactly. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. It seems like it's a it's a good option there to do that, to get all your stuff there. And again, it's, it's depend on all kinds of factors that come into play. This is where I know you in particular will work with people and uh, help them learn more about it. But uh, what are some tips or places maybe people can learn more about kayaking out on Lake Superior? Well, I would suggest going with an outfitter first to kind of learn the ins and outs of that. And then later on, some of the outfitters will offer classes that you can take and uh, help you where to find the right gear and give you further instruction to go out on your own. Um, I don't do overnight trips anymore, but overnight trips give you a lot more experience to go with a guide and see what it's all about, see what the equipment is and what the concerns are for safety. And so there's overnight trips in the Apostle Islands and Isle Royale and Canada, all kinds of places. So um, that's a good place to learn more about it is going on an overnight kayak trip. Carl Hansen with us on the podcast today is the owner of Northern Waters Adventure Kayaking in Munising, Michigan. We certainly appreciate your time today, Carl. I mean, this has been a lot of information here, and there and there certainly can be much more because, like when Frida and I have talked, when she's been on her various kayaking adventures, there's always a possibility the weather can turn, the water can come in somewhere, and this is not something to mess around with. But if you take the time to learn, Carl, I'm sure it's really worth it, isn't it? It's a lifetime sport, Walt. It's yeah. something that people get really hooked on, and just the whole Lake Superior in general. But to get up close <laughs> to the things on Lake Superior and experience being on the water is just amazing. My first time being at Pitcher Rocks in the sea kayak was a magical experience. I'm along, I'm along 200-foot cliffs, and the colors are incredible. The water was calm. scenery was incredible, and I just felt like part of the Pitcher Rocks out there right. in my little boat. Mm-hmm. and the big lake well carl thanks for your time today that was it's been a pleasure having you on thank you very much thanks for spreading the safety of lake superior being very important yeah we're certainly happy to do it thank you sir and right, uh good. and good luck with oh, it all yeah. for the season okay you betcha it's carl hansen owner of northern waters adventure kayaking in munising michigan and frida you know this was good for me because like i said i have no experience whatsoever i've been to pictured rocks i've been on the the cruise boats, the tour boats, but it's like going out in a smaller craft and you can shut the motors off and everything. It becomes different from the perspective like yourself to actually be in the kayak, basically on the water's surface, floating there at the mercy of the waves with no sound. I understand, even though I haven't been out there, what Carl was saying that the first time he went out in a kayak at Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore, it was magical he became one and i'm sure you that's what you talk about all the time you know it's so wonderful to paddle to a place bring your boat up 
You've loaded it for everything that you need. And basically, it's just you living in that environment on the water. And, you know, going to bed at night, listening to the lake is really, really special. But I have to say, you've got to make sure if you're going to go on a kayak trip, give yourself time. And that's something that Carl and all the outfitters, you know, they might say we're going to go on Thursday. There's small craft advisories. You're not going to go. So you have to give yourself some time. And when you're camping, you get out there. I got to get back to work on Monday. Well, well don't do that to yourself yeah. because Lake Superior is the boss. And that's the important message we want to leave you with today with the podcast is we're not trying to spook you away from this. We're just trying to say that Lake Superior is like no other entity out there. And if you're going to take the time to explore things like sea kayaking on it, or you want to do that, or something you've heard on the podcast gets interest in you, certainly learn, ask questions, come and experience it, but treat it with the respect that it deserves. And we hope that we've left you with that message for today. I mean, that's the best we can do. Also, we do want to encourage you to follow all of our podcast episodes on the uh, the website for the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation, also on social media. And, uh, you know, share it, tell people about it, and uh, tell the story about the podcast. This has been a lot of fun, Frida, today. Oh, well, and we're inviting our listeners, too, to give us some more story ideas. Get mm-hmm. back with us. Give us some feedback. And uh, certainly, if you are anticipating a trip, a kayak trip on Lake Superior, uh, find me. Happy to chat with you more about that. She knows her stuff. I can at least talk about it, but I don't know it like Frida, but that's what it's all about here on the podcast. I'm Walt Lindela. I'm Frida Wara. Thanks for listening. The National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation, NPLSF, is the only official nonprofit 501c3 fundraising partner of the National Park Service for all five U.S. National Park sites on Lake Superior. To learn more about NPLSF projects and programs, you can visit the website at nplsf.org or friend them on Facebook. I'm Frida Wara. And I'm Walt Lindela. Thanks for listening to the Lake Superior Podcast. This podcast made possible with the support of the National Parks of Lake Superior Foundation and Media Brew Communications. This episode brought to you by Cafe Imports, Minneapolis-based importers of fine specialty green coffees, independently owned and operated since 1993. Cafe Imports has been dedicated to decreasing its impact on the earth through renewable energy, carbon neutrality, and by supporting conservational efforts in places where quality coffee is grown and also where quality coffee is consumed. Where does your coffee come from? And sponsored by Uber Creative Agency, a boutique web design development and marketing agency based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with clients across the U.S. We don't just provide services, we deliver value.